You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. So at the end, no, at the beginning of next month, guys, we're gonna have a roundtable for the three hundredth issue of Spawn. Spawn. <laughs> That's crazy. Like three hundred issues. It's you know, like what was it? We were just looking right now. He was created back in ninety two. Yeah. So it's like coming up on some some decades there and now uh, yeah a big milestone 300 i mean you, and you like you were saying not too many indie comics and i mean i don't know if you can still consider image and indie or not i mean they are independently owned characters yeah, yeah. so yeah technically they're creator, creator owned characters um but when image first started out definitely i would definitely say it was their indie comics oh, so yeah. Uh, for an indie comic to make it all the way to 300, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a big, big milestone. You know, a lot of characters, they come in, they fade out. You know, it's hard to find that oh, the, that thing that just lasts. And the creators get, you know, picked up by a, the the big two in some way or another. And, yeah, you know, that's true too. They're, they're probably their creator-owned book kind of comes to a... To a halt. A halt, because you're getting paid quite a bit yeah, right? to work <laughs> over at Marvel and DC. Um, but, so we figured we'd do predecessing episodes to run up to that round table that we're going to do uh, for a, a 101 of Spawn and then a challenge of some sorts. We'll have to figure out what we're going to challenge ourselves. I was thinking um, essentially like put the same situation into a, a character from Marvel or DC of like, you know, gets, gets killed by an enemy, goes to, uh, goes to hell I mean, it's kind of it's kind of Ghost Rider, right? It's a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's tough because it's like you know, there's almost like 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 the Spectre and Inspector, Ghost Rider, yeah. You know, like those are definitely characters that are in that vibe. So I guess maybe that's what we should do is maybe we'll, we'll do a battle royale. Maybe we could do something like that where it's like, okay, Spawn goes up against you know his predecessors, comic books that he's coming from, you know, because there's definitely like elements of Spider-Man and Batman and Spawn and things mm-hmm. like that. So maybe that's what we could do is pick a couple of characters, uh, stuff we like, and see how how we think it would stand up against Spawn. I don't know. I like that. I was like the idea of maybe having it where 
we we try to well, how would you write Spawn into the DC universe? Ooh. Or how would you write Spawn into the Marvel universe? So it gets picked in. It gets picked up and now we have that origin story of how Spawn coming over. Well, there's three of us and we all just came up with three different challenges. I say we do all three, but like I take one of those, you take one of those, and you take one of those. <laughs> I like that. I like that's a good idea. All right. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to draw out of a hat. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you're seeing how the magic happens. That's right. You're getting a little bit behind the scenes here. This is how we shoot from the hip. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this week we're going to do a one-on-one though. We're going to talk about the origins of Spawn, how Todd McFarlane left uh, Marvel Comics, or I guess we'll have to find out if he left or was asked to leave. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the creation of Spawn. And talking about a character with such a crazy, unique, you know, like character design. You know, there's a yeah. reason that he's been around for so long. I remember being a kid and just having those Tom McFarlane Spawn toys, and they just kept coming out with so many yeah. of them. I mean, that was probably the biggest, like, like. Thing for him for McFarlane toys, oh, yeah. you know, like just to create his own toys, and then yeah, I mean it, the the design of Spawn is very nineties, like yes. comic books, TV shows, <laughs> all that stuff was so dark. It's like yeah. oh, we got to make everything dark right now. So uh, yeah, we'll get when we're gonna definitely get into that. Was it nineteen ninety four movie, ninety six movie? Yeah, something like that. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, he 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 definitely got his movie pretty quick early on in his career. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, some people saw it. it was probably like, oh, that that's definitely something we, we need to strike that iron hot. Except for we made it PG thirteen. So nineteen ninety seven. Seven. Oh wow. So okay. five years. Okay. Yeah. And then the dope ass HBO animated series. Now that that's I can't right wait till we talk that. about that. That that's gonna be great. Um. So first, let's get to the spinner rack though. All right. So it's Wednesday. It's time to go to the comic shop. And here are some things that I would recommend you take a look at. So Aquaman issue 51 will be taking part of the year of the villain. So this will have those nice cardstock variant covers. So definitely pick yourself up a copy and see what gift will be bestowed upon the Black Manta. Now, these are fun, these facsimile editions, and now DC Comics is going to start doing it as well. Batman 232 will get a total reprint, and this is basically the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul. So this is going to be, yeah, I mean, like, I know Bleeding Cool's been running this article like, oh, Dan Didio hates the reprints and blah, blah, (laughs) blah. And, like, I get it. Like, I, I saw what he said, but at the same time, I don't think, like, I think it's kind of also, like, part of that context is it's sad to know that the new stuff that's being put out doesn't hold up to the stuff that was out there you know right yeah um, i don't think he's totally against it because why do those books why do those facsimiles sell because nostalgia sells mm-hmm. plus who wouldn't love to have like you know the first appearance of wolverine hulk 181 like a premier nice looking copy you know that x-men number one right there so i mean i hope dc keeps pumping out these facsimiles as well um, just because, you know, like I want, I want a cool looking, you know, action comics, number one, detective comics, it's number 27. I want those, you know, cause I think it's a sense of posh snobbiness that comes from like some people. Uh-huh. It's like, I had the original and now you're making mine worth less because of this. <laughs> like, shut up yeah, and let please. everyone share the wealth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because like, this is a thing. Cause like I saw somebody throw in a rebuttal too. And they were like, this is what you can share with your kids. 
And that's what it is. I mean, when these shows are happening and all these characters are out there, I mean, you know, Rachel Ghoul, he's a big character. So, I mean, that's going to be awesome to have like a straight one for one reprint. Um, and plus, DC is also going to really be copying a lot of Marvel style, too, like with the DC dollar comics. Yeah. So they're going to be reprinting some big stories that will go out there. So I'm excited because dollar comics, you need those because not every kid can go in and afford a four to five dollar comic book. So I hope that stuff does well. So please go out there, support that facsimile, Batman. 232. Uh, speaking of Batman, Batman issue 77 will be out there. This ties in with the year of the villain, but this also ties in with the city of Bane. I finally had an opportunity to catch up with some Batman comics this weekend. Wow, city of Bane opens up pretty hardcore. I mean, the fact that Gotham is overtaken by all the villains. You have the Thomas Wayne Batman running around there with his sidekick Gotham girl. Holy crap, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> so I'm very stoked. Uh, Bat uh, Black Mask, Year of the Villain number one, is going to come out as well. So certain villain characters will actually get their own special one-shots. So they had Sinestro last week, and this week we're going to get Black Mask. So I'm very excited to see how that's going to go. Uh, that's one of those characters I really enjoy, so I will. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Flash by Jeff Johns, trade paperback, book six is out. So this will be kind of the tail end of his time with the Flash. Grayson, the Super Spy Omnibus hardcover is out. Um, that was a fun read. Uh, yes, it was. Know? And it's kind of funny because I was looking at stuff like, you know, you had him as Nightwing and then he supposedly, quote unquote, died in um, Forever uh, Evil. Forever Evil. Uh -huh. So then he becomes Grayson, the secret spy. <laughs> and then, all right, now we put him back to Nightwing. He gets shot in the head, and now he's Rick, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of funny how it's like, I mean, Dick's, like, in these past couple of years, he's gone through quite a few changes, so. I mean, the, yeah. they're just biding their time. They're just trying to do this to prepare us for when he becomes Batman again. That's true, and I would love it. Unfortunately, that action figure did not live up to, <sighs> oh, that was sad. That was sad. too bad. Yeah, so for you, in case you're curious, uh, Mattel recently put out their 80th anniversary Batman line, and um, they have a couple different figures all over the place, and... Uh, this it's funny, even though it's a Batman line, it was definitely a Robin wave. Yes, it was. We got uh, Jason, Jason Todd, Todd as the Red Hood, very modern look. Uh, Tim Drake as the Red Robin in his modern costume. We got Alfred. Then, yeah, the Alfred and the interchangeable heads. Um, and then Dick Grayson as Batman. Like, that's the first time we've gotten an action figure of that. And they yeah. even had a toy line for that line, like when that era was going on from DC Collectibles, or, or back then it was DC Direct, and they didn't give us a Dick Bats. Nope. And it's like, wait, that's the main star. You're not going to give us one? What the hell? So, yeah, we finally got it. And unfortunately, it's like... All the other figures are plastic cape, so they give you a cloth cape. Uh, the articulation on it is great, but the figure looks goofy. He's got these really big feet. He's out of uh, scale with some of the other ones. So, yeah, just kind of a big letdown. Uh, I've got it. I don't know. I'm going to start tooling with it. Maybe, like, start breaking it apart and using pieces to make other toys. Yeah, we'll see customization. That's yep. the power of comics, right? We have a vision in our head. If it doesn't make sense, we make it fit. Yep, that's what's going to happen. So there's going to be a lot of cussing and painting in my future. <laughs> uh, speaking of Nightwing, issue 63 is out. I actually managed to get caught up with Nightwing, and this is going to be really exciting. Um, this is where the Talon is actually going to be coming for Dick Grayson because with the gifts going around, last issue 62, Lex Luthor appeared to Talon and said, well, uh, Batman is no longer there to guard dick so he's up for yours so we'll see what's going to happen there so i'm very excited to see how that plays out uh let's see here jimmy olsen superman's pal jimmy olsen number two of 12 will be out so this definitely is a fun quirky matt fraction zany book uh there will be some espionage and fun stuff like that but there's also some great lighthearted fun 
Teen Titans number 33 will be out, and this will be dealing with Crush and kind of how she's dealing with her father Lobo and his rampage about everything coming back. Watchmen will once again be reprinted. Why? Because this is the international edition. Ooh. So why do we have it here in the States? I don't know. But <laughs> if you don't have enough trade paperbacks of the Watchmen, this one has a very nice um, Rorschach cover on it. So I would I would actually argue, I, I, to me, it seems like the art might be, um, oh, God, who's drawing Doomsday Clock right now? Um, it is oh, Gary Frank. Gary, Gary Frank. Frank. Yeah, so I feel like it's Gary Frank art right there. So that'll be that'll be very interesting. Uh, Wonder Woman come back to me issue two of six. This is the Walmart Giant comics. So the new ones by uh, Jimmy Palminati and his wife Amanda Connor. And then Wonder Woman Year One Deluxe Edition will be released. So we have a Batman Year One. We have a Wonder Year Wonder Woman Year One, and uh, they're they're they just completed Flash Year One, and then they're trying to make this thing called Superman Year One. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to be cashing on that title phrase. Uh, let's see. Jumping to the other side of the fence, Marvel Comics. Absolute Carnage Ooh. is going crazy. This thing is selling like mad. So Absolute Carnage issue one is getting a second printing. Hot off the press, so go, go pick yourself up one. Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool part one of three begins. Absolute Carnage. Uh, there's going to be, what, four different covers on that one, that Deadpool one, so that's going to be crazy. If you did like the Age of X-Men, the trade paperbacks are going to start sprinkling in. Oh. So the Marvelous X-Men will be collected, and so will Next Gen. Uh, Captain Marvel issue eight gets a second printing. Daredevil issue 10 is going to be out. I cannot hype this book enough. Oh, my God. Issue nine, I read it, and I felt like I needed to go to confession. It was intense. Uh, Chip Zardaski is just killing it with this. Like, And the best part, I even love how he even said that, too. It's like, Daredevil's not in the book. But that's what's so great about the character is that it's Matt Murdock. We love what he goes through. He's a flawed, horrible person, and he's just <laughs> trying to do the best he can. So it's great stuff. So do yourself fair. Pick up issue 10 and then pick up the nine before. Pick up the trade. Pick up everything about it. It's been fantastic. Highly. From, from how much you've been hyping it up, Chris, I actually ordered issues one, two, and three. Oh, good. So I'm excited to check them out. I can't wait. Like, seriously, you're going to love it. It's It's been great stuff. Uh, if there's any gaps that you need, let me know. Definitely. Uh, I would definitely like, because when you jump into this one, <clears throat> Matt is in a different place and it's just great. Like they are, they've changed everything. They've, they've taken him out of his comfort zones and you know, as, as they tell us, that's when you really grow. So some exciting stuff. It's true. Awesome. Uh, Deadpool's going to get an annual. So he'll be having that coming out. Apparently rumor is he's going to be fighting anti-vaxxers. So let's see how that goes. Really? With, yeah. Yeah. Some weird stuff. It's Deadpool. Okay. You know how that goes. Uh, Death's Head for some reason is back. I remember this character kind of like I always thought it was it was out of the British Marvel books and stuff like that. But anyways, it's it's transferred over here. It's got a four part miniseries and issue two will be out. Death Head, yeah, Death's Head. Oh, Death's Head. Yeah, like basically, like honestly, the way to look at him, I feel like he's Lobo. Like he's he's just this weird space alien assassin uh, bounty hunter that just goes around and he's just real vulgar, real crazy. But he's got that heart of gold that makes you love him at the end of the day. He's just a crazy wild character. So that's, I don't know. A, that's a Marvel character. Yeah, that's a Marvel character. Like, what, is he going to be showing up in Deadpool or something? Or is he? No, he's got his own mini. His uh, own mini. Huh? He recently popped up. Like, I mean, like I said, he was like I want to say I know definitely '90s. I think maybe going back as far as the '80s, and. 
like he recently popped up because of all the Marvel cosmic stuff that was going on. So it would like the countdown to infinity and then the infinity wars, stuff mm. like that. So he popped mm. up there. I mean, he's a fun time. Like when I read him, but I just don't know if I would pick up the mini, but Hey, it's definitely worth it. If there's a fair and favorite character. See, the only death that I know is he's a character in the Wolfenstein video game series. Okay. I stabbed him to death. So <laughs> he, he didn't know, have no heart it, gold in the head. Oh no! Straight in the chest. Oh, okay, <laughs> he did. Uh, he did. So I, I do, uh, going back one step. Then just talking about Deadpool. Did either one of you happen to see uh, like after what was it? Hobbs and Shaw came out. Um, I, I don't know if either one of you saw Hobbs and Shaw. Or oh, yeah. Okay, but um, uh, Ryan Reynolds shows up in Hobbs and Shaw. Yes, like he's in the movie. So after the movie came out, uh, Rob Liefeld tweeted at. The Rock saying, hey, our mutual friend is in a movie with you. How about you join him in his movie? I think you'd make a great Garrison Kane. Now, wow. I mean, if you know Deadpool's uh, Rogue Gallery, you know, that's uh, that's uh, that's one of his big ones, I guess. Or at least it was back in the day. <laughs> so I, I don't think it'd be a good role for the the rock but the rock did the rock did like like say something back to him like oh what what is this Garrison Garrison Kane character like kind of thing so <laughs> is I this mean the one you created cuz let's go to the better characters <laughs> <laughs> I mean I know that he uh I mean we we know that he's supposed to be playing Black Adam over in the DC universe I doubt that they would allow I mean I don't know what what exactly the rock's contract looks like <laughs> I don't know the rock is one of those people that is just so great at what he does that he could do anything and there's a there's a very wise man that I saw on Twitter you know start to hype the idea of the rock possibly playing another iconic character that Arnold Schwarzenegger played before and I'm so down for that so oh, down for that. I mean, who could have said something like that on their Twitter? Oh, I wonder. I think that's something about <laughs> Mitch or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Look, if you go and watch Hobbs and Shaw, you and you you come out of that and not think that he would make a great Jack Slater in a Ooh. last action hero movie. So like good. Remake, remake, reboot movie. Just be like <laughs> totally play meta with the whole thing. Yes, because it'd the be first, perfect. A last action hero does play meta with the whole thing. And it was so good. Yeah. Like you could totally do that. And then you have like the rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the, the real fake world being uh-huh. like saying, Oh look, we're both executive producers on this move on this new Jack Slater reboot movie. And the, and Arnold's going to be coming in to play his new, uh, police chief that berates Jack Slater. And then, and then you just you go all over the place with this movie. It'd be perfect. And I think it's genius. And you heard it here for all, first. <laughs> this is how you print money. That's how it right here. <laughs> I wonder who owns the rights to that movie. I don't know. Hopefully they're listening to us. That way it's like, oh, it's got to be universal because they did Terminator and there's that big Terminator joke in the middle of it. That is true with uh, Savage Stallone's. Yeah. The T-800 or whatever. Yeah. So, Uh, all right. Sorry. That's a little tangent there. Oh, no. That was fun stuff. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Let's see. Moving along and then try to wrap this up quick. Ghost Spider number one. So that's right. Gwen Stacy, a.k.a. the Ghost Spider, has now made it official. She is a resident of the 616, and we will see her start interacting more with the world of Marvel. If um, She's actually going to be going to college. She'll be a college student. Wow. She'll just be down the street or down a couple doors from Professor Peter Parker. So that's going to be pretty wild to have those. Professor Pe- Peter Parker. Yeah, I can't believe I said that in the first take. <laughs> Wait, is he a professor at, at yes. NYU now or <laughs> Columbia or no? Um, Empire not, State. Yeah. Empire State at ESU. Yeah, somehow. Um, Even I, after he got his 
doctorate taken away from him? I think for- it, he re- I think he proved that it was because it was basically like, yeah, they had that opening arc where they were like, oh, this technology proves that you cheated. So you need to doctor yeah. yeah. Um So I think he somehow found a way to like, hey, it was me. Ha ha ha. And it really wasn't. So. Wait, what does what does she go by? I mean, I I'm sorry, I don't I don't know enough about Gwen Stacy and Ghost Spider or, or Spider Gwen or whatever. But what does she go by in the six one six? Does she go by Gwen Stacy? Does she live with the Stacy family? Does so basically, she will be Gwen Stacy as far as I mean. Like this is going to be the one that's going to answer those questions and really set the status quo for her. Um, because like when I'm looking at the cover, like I see Miles and and, and well, Spider Miles and Spider Pete on the covers. Um, but you know it, it's going to be hard to tell. But she's going to be Gwen Stacy, uh, where she's going to be living. You know, honestly, that's an easy fix. Hey, have her live at the school in the dorms, yeah, you know, something like that. Because the Stacy family, I don't think it's probably going to be wise for her to like pop up and be like, "Hey, here I am, hey, I'm back," <laughs> you know, because they're going to be freaked out. They've had a whole bunch of problems on their own. So. I mean, the six one six knows about like the other worlds coming in and integrating, right? Like that's how we get Miles into the to the six one six from the Ultimate Universe. That's how we get. Um, I don't know, Hulk family from the Old Man Logan universe, right? I mean, they the real world know. I mean, the the civilian world knows about this stuff. I think so. Well, like it's weird because, like, okay, so I think with like the Ultimate, when that folding in, I think it was something like like Miles was always born now on Earth on our Earth, like on six one six. Oh, so it's like so it's, like like Ultimate, like that one was kind of like how Crisis did it. So instead of there being Earth one two S X and all that stuff, it was just one Earth one timeline. So I think when they had Secret Wars at the end of it, six one six and whatever Ultimate's number is, those two one, six, one, like six. yeah, they they've been merged together. And, and I so, think part of that was because of Molecule Man. Yeah, because yeah. he's the one that brought his mom back. I think he did something because yeah, he gave the cheeseburger, gave the cheeseburger like, hey, that was in his pocket. You get a mom, you know. Yeah. yeah, and so like, like yeah, Miles's history is is way different than it mm. was in some of those aspects. So I'm curious because I haven't been following him, but I'm curious: does he remember his ultimate adventures, or does he only know of his life on the supposed six one six? Well, I know I didn't read the whole book, but in Spider Man Spider Men Two, right? Didn't they go with the whole? Well, where's who? Where's the Miles Morales from this universe? And that was the. The version that was like a serial killer or something or a bad guy. Oh, yeah, he was like a gangster mafia guy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously they have more than one version of Miles. I mean, that's the other thing. I, I was just like, what if you had the opportunity? I mean, whatever we're gonna, they're going to end up doing with Gwen, I, you should definitely have her meet up with either her brothers because they, they should still be alive, right? Um, I don't remember what happened with her uncle. I don't know if he's still a cop or not. Oh, Arthur Stacy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I assume her mother's alive, but I mean, what do all those people do when their da- dead daughter comes back from another dimension or whatever, you know, kind of thing? Well, it's that comic book limbo, you know, until yeah. somebody decides to ask that question. It's like, oh, wait a second, because you're right. Like, how do, how do these folks interact? You know, like how do they go with themselves? You know, uh, because I I do think it's neat in the in the previews for the upcoming, uh, or not the previews in the solicits. Uh, I think it's probably issue three or issue four of Ghost Spider. Like Miles Warren, the the the, the jackal, mm-hmm. he's gonna find out that there's a Gwen, uh, Spider Gwen, and all that stuff. So that's gonna be exciting because Miles had a sick fascination yeah. with Gwen Stacy. So that one's gonna be really neat to see that explored. So what? Uh, like now they're going by Ghost Spider because one, even though her book's called Spider Gwen or used to be called Spider Gwen, you can't really call her Spider Gwen in, in her public, costume. Yeah. Um, 
I'm assuming she went by Spider Woman in her world. Yeah, I think she was Spider Woman yeah, when Spider she was Woman. out in Adventures. And then in Six One Six World, there's already like three Spider Women, so you can't you don't yeah, want to go by that. One, yeah. What would you guys, as editors of Spider Man comics, want to would want her character to be called? Ooh, that's a good question. Honestly, I think with the design of her costume, I like Ghost Spider. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't I think like it, the name. It just kind of it kind of works. Like, okay, so like. Some of the choices that get made because, like, they were talking about though with uh, Miles Morales, so they wanted to call him Spy D, mm. so S P Y dash D, so Spidey. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's cute. It's a good play on the sound. Yeah, on paper it just looked goofy, but mm-hmm. Ghost Spider, I guess, because the way the costume looks with the hood and the the, the whiteness on it, it kind of gives me that vibe. I would, I would say, just give her like invisibility powers. I was gonna say if she had cool. the the Peter Parker like stealth suit. And she went invisible. I would be all for it, but she doesn't do that. She's white, like she's like Moon Knight, like in the middle of the night. That's gonna that's gonna attract attention to yourself, not make you blend. <laughs> yeah. So stick her out. What, what about you, Rafa? Would you stick with Ghost Spider, or would you uh, like I'm, a different name? I'd make it longer. I'd be like Ghost Spider, formerly known as Spider Gwen, protector <laughs> of the bourgeoisie. Wow, and the proletariat, and the proletariat, huh? <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I mean, ghost, ghost. It's it's too close to me to Ghost Rider, so that's all I picture. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So it's kind of like that, that's that where connected. I that's where I get stuck. But I mean, I've never. I, I just like Spider Gwen. I'm used to Spider Gwen. I yeah. want it to be Spider Gwen. I, well, she'll always be called Spider Gwen by the fans, but yeah. it's not what you can call her in the comic book. It's that spider lady, spider lass. <laughs> I, you know, and I don't, I don't really know what I would want to call her. I mean, Spidress. We, what Mary <laughs> like Jane that. in the, the the renew your vows goes by Spinneret. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, yeah Spinneret. Yeah. We still have Silk. What's yeah, another so, like spider? I, I like I Silk. I thought that. I think that's a good. Silk's really original. I yeah. like that one. Um, but I can't. I don't know. What's another spider attribute? You can't do tarantula. You can't do black widow. Uh. I, I I don't know. Tough. Yeah, it's I'm it's. Gonna, I'm gonna look up breeds of spiders. <laughs> Wolf spider. <laughs> uh, I I mean, there's just gotta be. There had to have been something, but you know what? I assume there was a lot of people working on it, so they could have. They, if they couldn't come up with something better, yeah, they already had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So go spider, I mean, it is. I guess. Yep. <laughs> uh. Okay. Cool. I just you can go on to the next thing. I just I I I don't. Whenever I hear ghost spider, I'm just like they could have. They had to have been able to come up with something better, but I guess not. Unless she gets, she ends up like in a future book, like making a deal with uh, uh, Mephisto. Is it Mephisto? <laughs> yeah, for like Ghost Rider. Yeah, how yeah. That works? yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's the Spider of Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, let's see. Okay, so chugging along. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy issue eight is out. This will continue on the second arc of the brand new team with Donny Coates. Uh, this has been great. Like, I guess I had two really good weekends where I got caught up on comics, and I finally read all my Guardians books, and I'm loving his new arc. Like, the first one, the first arc with the the whole like the return of Thanos or you know the sleeper agent and stuff like that, it could have probably been shortened. But he did a good job. Donnie did a good job of laying a lot of like mystery for like what's going to happen. And so there's been a big thing with like Rocket. Apparently, him and the team something bad happened, and we finally saw Rocket, and he is just horribly like diseased, written, and frail. So it's going to be very exciting to see what's going to happen there. I love Rocket. I hope everything's going to be good. Uh, we're going to get treated to his origin. So this is going to be neat. Like, okay, what is its state now? So good stuff there. Uh, History of the Marvel Universe Issue 2 will be out. 
I did a review on history of the Marvel Universe number one. I gotta say, I, like I love this stuff though. I love you know history books, comic books, and stuff like that. I think uh, Mark Wade and uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the artist's name right now off the top of my head. Um, but those two did a great. Uh, Javier Rodriguez, there we go. They did a great job of like. They're giving you these big splash pages with interaction going on that showcases the history while the text still guides you through what's going on. And so basically it's Galactus at the end of the world or at the end of existence talking to Franklin Richards. So it's just really neat how like issue one laid a lot of the groundwork about Marvel cosmic magic and demons and things like that. So it was really fun. So this issue two has definitely got a lot of golden age on it. So I'm very excited to see how far they take it. And plus, at the end of everything, there's these great annotated pages at the end that are like this. Com- or, this panel comes from you know this comic book and stuff like that. So there's a lot of great history there. Uh, House of X issue two gets a second printing. House of X and Powers of Ten. Jonathan Hickman taking over the X Men. It's great. You know, Rafa and I were talking about that. It's like anytime we think we got to figure it out, man, that thing zigs. You know, it's like so hard. It's like you have this whole idea of like, I know, I see what you're doing there, Mister Jonathan, Mister Hickman, man. Uh, Someone referred to like the the Hickman as the. The H Men or I don't know. Oh, the the Hick the Hexman or something like that. Hexman, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but he's killing it, so I'm very excited. Um, I mean, once once these two series end, um, I'm going to be excited for X-Men when he's taking it over. Like, this is going to be great. And I mean, for the next, what, we're going to be on the fifth part, so seven more weeks of weekly X-Men issues. Oh, my God, it's such a great time to be a fan. It feels like Christmas. It really does. Like, it's every Wednesday. It's just freaking awesome. But then I walk outside and the sun just burns off like another layer of my skin. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. What's Not Christmas. <laughs> Not yeah. Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> uh, let's see. Immortal Hulk issue 21 gets a second printing. Marvel Comics presents number eight, which takes Wolverine on a time-spanning journey every 10 decades. And this is the one where everybody was freaking out because we get another Wolverine daughter. I don't know if you should take too much stock in these comics just because they may or may not fit into the main continuity. So that's going to be a tough one. But Spider-Woman will be featured on this cover. And this is the Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. So this is going to be very interesting. If I remember correctly, I think this should be setting her in the 2010s. So definitely pick it up. They've definitely had some great uh, adventures in that decade. Marvel Tales X-Men number one will be out. This is, again, part of Marvel's 80th anniversary celebration. So this will be reprinting X-Men issue 58, which has the first Havoc. Fallen Angels number two, which is something I didn't read about, but that's where that weird little lobster dude comes from, the mutant lobsters, Bill and Don. And apparently that was on the artwork for this House of X, Powers of X. So with it getting a reprint, I think there's going to be something to that issue. Hmm. And then issue 272 of Uncanny X-Men, and this is where Storm is getting captured and facing execution in the horrible anti-mutant state of Genosha. So that's going to be really wild stuff there. Um, let's see. We have Marvel Masterworks, two Marvel Marvel 2 and 1. There we go. That's how I say. Marvel 2 and 1 Volume 4. So this is a great team-up series featuring the Thing and various other heroes. Uh, Powers of X Issue 1 gets a second printing, which is just in time perfectly for Powers of X Issue 3. Yes. Um, the great thing about what's going on, and I love the fact that a lot of these variant covers are still available at the regular price and whatnot, but I love these decades variants. Yes. Um, 
issue one of House of X had a great Cyclops one, and this one definitely, Rafa, to put on your radar. Powers of X number three has a great Emma Frost decades variant. So it's got is that the one the where it shows her and then like her throughout the ages? Yeah, yeah. Like the I saw a picture of that and one with Jean Grey, same one, and someone put it next to like the Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah, Ice and Fire. Yeah, I'm like okay. Yeah, I saw a cool variant specifically. I think it's I don't know what issue it is, but it has the X Men team and they're just in these dope ass oh the blue and gold costumes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Issue was, four. Yeah, the connecting variants between House Ooh, and Powers. They're so good. Yeah, so definitely when you go to your LCS, take a look at these covers. Get as many as you can. It's fantastic stuff. My hope is they're gonna collect all of this in a hardcover. I hope they put all those variants in there as well. That That'd way be really cool and have it all. Uh, let's see. Spider-Man City at War issue 6 will be out. And that'll conclude the brand new story featuring the PS4 Spider-Man. Uh, we also have Superior Spider-Man, which features the adventures of Doc Ock as a Spider-Man. Tony Stark Iron Man issue 15 will be out, and that's going to have a big bombshell dropping there. Valkyrie Jennifer Foster, sorry, J Valkyrie Jane Foster issue 2 will be out. War of the Realms Omega will be getting a second printing. So if you're a Jane Foster fan, I would definitely pick that up. Why? Because they've got like a mini zero issue in there. And then last but not least, X-Men Grand Design Extinction. Uh, these grand design books have been fantastic. Ed Piscor is writing and drawing this, and it's just a fun look through Marvel history of the X-Men. Um, this has been collected in three volumes. Um, I recommend go get them all, especially when they put them in those treasury editions so they're nice and big yeah. and just beautiful art. So there have been a lot of fun to just go through it. Uh, and luckily, they'll be launching a Fantastic Four one, but it won't be done by Ed Piscor, but I'm very excited to see what's going on. And that is what's on your spinner racks. That is a big spinner rack for this week. So... Uh, before we get into Spawn, I just want to go through real quick. What, what's something that you guys have read this week that you were really into? I guess something that I really uh, I liked. So I had an opportunity to um, go back and read some comics. So I was getting caught up on my uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So Guardians of the Galaxy has been fantastic. But what I really liked, too, was Old Man Quill. Mm. Um, I actually like it's getting me to want to go back and read Old Man Hawkeye. Um, that world, that universe is just depressing as shit. Like, my God, everybody's got it bad. Like, Wolverine just has that guilt of killing the X-Men. Uh, Quill has that guilt of basically not being there for the Guardians when they needed him. So it's just like these are these great heroes, and they have such tragedy stuck on them. It's insane. And um, one other book that I just want to promote and plug, uh, Invaders. Like, Invaders is always a tough sell, because if I'm going to read about Golden Age heroes... I'm probably just going to read JSA. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but obviously, they're not around. Thanks, Doomsday Clock. Uh, but with stuff like that going <laughs> on. <laughs> but um, Invaders has been fantastic. Like, whatever's going on with Namer is freaking crazy. Actually, Namer is freaking crazy. It's insane. So, yeah, this last issue, uh, Bucky and the Invisible Woman went to go confront Namer. And, like, he slapped them both down. And he's just like, fuck humanity. Fuck all of you. So, it's been a great read. And speaking on Namer, he's someone that I'm also reading currently because I'm, I don't know why, I just picked up uh, Uncanny X-Men when uh, Cyclops creates the Extinction Team. Nice, yeah. So hero. I'm reading through that right now, and that's been a lot of fun, just kind of relooking at the romance that Namer and, and Emma start to kind of create behind Cyclops' back, and Cyclops trying to to, to put the, the world's view on them so that Wolverine School doesn't get looked at, so that they're not easy targets to destroy. 
like right before Avengers vs. X-Men. Yeah. Uh, the reintroduction of Mr. Sinister, which is pretty cool. So I've been reading some Always of that. Always a great villain. And then also, uh, just this week, besides Powers of X, which was fantastic, I also have been reading uh, issue 22 of uh, Go Go Power Rangers, which was really, really fun. Another great issue, standout issue for Jason. Again, Jason being my favorite. Again, Jason finally getting some love in the comic books. <laughs> so it's kind of showcasing that background on now that Tommy has lost his green Power Ranger coin or his right. powers. Um, the emissary of the morphing grid basically comes to Jason and says, I need you one last time. You need to go on this secret mission. And it's cool because we're getting a lot of like backstory into how the Power Rangers came together to decide, okay, Tommy's a good guy now. Are we going to let him on our team? And so you're seeing what I really like about it is it's 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 treating Power Rangers great because it's not just a kids thing anymore. Now it's these are superheroes and how do we put real real drama into it? So I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, with with Boom Studios doing the Power Rangers comics, they've put so much depth and lore into the mythos. It's been fantastic. I love it. Like I've been reading the trades, and I think I'm on volume three. Nice. It's been fun. Like oh, yeah. looking at this. Like I'm looking at it differently. You know, like because I did. I went back and I watched episode one, and I was like, oh my god, okay, this is kind of dated. Yep. And I mean, <laughs> yep. Not saying that in a mean way, but it was just it was what it was. But then reading those trades, those stories, it's like, okay, this is some really cool stuff. How about you, Mitch? Any readings? Uh, so, as everybody has probably gone, at least watched one episode of at this point, other than Chris, uh, they have Amazon Prime has um, The Boys as a oh, TV so series. So good. And I had been looking for tor- forward to this series for the last, I want to say, two years because they, they announced it a while ago. Um, my biggest draw was Carl Orpin. I, I, I think the dude's a great actor. I think that everything that he's been in, I usually enjoy. Uh, for the most part, I mean, there's some stuff where he's like a bit player or like it's very much straight to video kind of movie. <laughs> uh, but I was really looking forward to this sh- this show. And a long time ago, I had actually bought like one trade in the middle of the boys, which was called Hero Gasm. Like it didn't even have Derek Robertson as the artist on that one. It was like oh, a, wow. it was a offshoot, like like a oh, so like a mini series, like a mini series, okay. yeah. Uh, so I, I had read through that, and I and I was just like intrigued by this world. I never went back and read any more uh, boys books, but I was just like, wow, you know, all those comic book characters that you really love. Well, yeah, they're all kind of bastards, <laughs> that kind yep. of thing. So uh, I was at a comic book store back around 4th of July and I found the first omnibus for it so the first 12 issues um, start, started reading through that and, I was, and this was before the show came out and I was like oh I, I guess I wouldn't be, it would be pretty cool to read, read through it before the show comes out started reading through that and just like Wow, my eyes were open, I, and I understand why Wildstorm like dropped DC dropped this book after the first six issues. And they're yeah. like, "Yeah, this is a little too much for us." Like, okay, so then they went to Dynamite. So Dynamite is the one that that produces it now. Um, was it Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, Robertson or Richardson, Derek something? Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe it's Richard Erickson. Richard Derrickson, something like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just builds. whoever the, the man is a mystery. The artist is. You deserve all the credit in the world that I'm not giving you. Either way, uh, he uh, the 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 book is was really great. Uh, I enjoyed it. There were very hard parts to get through in the book, and they they have hard parts to get through in the show. So um, I went ahead and bought the next two 
omnibus trades. So at this point now, I'm up through this issue, uh, essentially 30 issues, the first 30 issues, because I'm halfway through the, th- the third uh, omnibus. There are six omnibuses altogether, 72 issues. Oh, wow. And the story's done in our time, right? Yes. Like it's, okay. Yeah, they're done. They, they aren't making any more. And the artist is uh, Derek Robertson. Derek Robertson. I was close. It was, it was around there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, there. one of the names. <laughs> one of the combinations of names that I was throwing out there. So, yeah, if you enjoy The Boys as a TV show, you should get, and you get an opportunity, you should go and read The Boys, the comic book. Um, it focuses a lot more on the actual boys as opposed to uh, The Seven. You don't get that much of The Seven, at least in the first 30 issues. Um, Herogasm definitely does focus a lot more on The Seven. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And I'll explain Herogasm to you because I, I, I guess that's the thing that they might end up doing in the second season, I, I've heard. Uh, the idea of Herogasm is in our comic books when we read them, when they have Civil War or Infinity Gauntlet, like those big crossover events, that is a publicity stunt or a publicity uh, press release that Vought American in the comic book, International in the show, puts out saying all the heroes have to go do this thing to save our universe, save our world. Actually, they're going to a remote island in the middle of the Pacific where they just have a giant orgy drug fest thing. Just a good-ass time? Just a amazing-ass time, yeah. The infinite orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a thing that happens in the in the book. And it's it's like five or six issues long that they just are fornicating. Yeah. So in the issues, is is uh, Starlight a big focal point like she is in the show? Yeah. I mean, she, her and Huey have a relationship Okay, through the first 30 issues. Uh, Huey doesn't know that Starlight is Anne or oh, okay. Annie. Like, he just has never seen Starlight on TV, I guess. Okay. Like, the way... Because she's, she's very much still in the background of The Seven. Like, they, oh, okay. The Seven hired her, brought her up because Lamplighter's gone. And they needed someone to make the seven. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of shows up at uh, charity events or, you know, whenever there needs to be a team up kind of thing. But she's always in the background. So it, just like in the TV show, Huey and Annie meet in the Central Park because mm-hmm. they're both questioning what is it they're doing with their lives at the moment. Right. And they, they hit it off from there. With uh, the comic, do they go into more detail of what happened with Lamplighter and all that that they kind of talk about a little yes. bit? Yes. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we, we, and that's not till close to the end of the 24, first 24 issues. Okay. Um, there's also, there's also the, the, the boys universe version of, uh, uh, the X-Men, which is called huh. the G-Men. Okay. <laughs> so... You have your your two big teams. Your big team is the seven, okay, which is your counterpart to the Justice League, right? The and it took me up until issue thirty, which I'm so terrible to figure out who Payback is. Like their their second big team is called Payback, and I was like, who are they supposed to be? The Avengers. You get it? Uh, they're getting payback. Okay. Payback. All right. That makes nice. sense. All right. It was so terrible. And, and the leader of that team is uh, Soldier Boy, which is basically a Captain America. Captain America. So, which is also funny because their Soldier Boy is a brunette guy, which their Superman is a blonde. So, the two of them kind of have a relationship, too. Okay. So, it's, <laughs> it's just funny because they switch uh, characteristics. But... Uh, yeah, the G-Men is their third biggest franchise that Vought American owns. 
but they have so many characters and they go they're they're not just the g-men but they're the the g-force the g-style the g g brits the g g okay. uh, that's perfect they're doing it all, they're doing so, it so, all. so they have fun with it yeah exactly that's, that's dope he's having Generation a lot of fun g. It. <laughs> it's, it's it is hilarious so uh yeah, if if you like I said, if you if you have the opportunity, read the comic books. Just be prepared; it gets a lot more graphic than the TV show does. And if if you watch the TV show, that, that seems weird that they could get more graphic, but oh, yeah. it does. Oh yeah, and uh, it gets it gets darker. So so that's a thing. Don't, okay. Don't go lighthearted. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's what we've been reading this week. Uh, let's go ahead and start talking about Spawn. Something that isn't lighthearted. Not- something that has the 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 '90s twinge of darkness and and teenage angst and all that jazz. I, I mean, but with spikes and capes, <laughs> spikes and capes. Like, what was it that Todd McFarlane decided? Like, he needed. I guess he just didn't get enough capes when he was drawing Spider-Man that he needed to have a living cape. So it's funny. <clears throat> like, if you go back, so Todd McFarlane had a really good relationship with DC Comics mm-hmm. and Marvel. And if you ever get a chance, there's a story, and it, it's not canon anymore, which is a shame because I thought it was really great. So they did Batman Year Two. Okay. Alan Davis uh, was supposed to be the artist behind this one, and uh, I think it was Mac, Max Allen's Collins was the writer of this one. And Mac, he's real good. He did Road to Perdition, uh, something that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. And so he's really all into that crime nor and making the pieces fit and stuff like that, the long game. So anyways, he did Batman Year Two, and he had Alan Davis as going to be his artist, and they did like part one and they may have done like part of part two but something happened so they needed a quick fill-in artist hey get that scrappy kid Todd McFarlane to come in (laughs) and he did and I mean he drew a hell of an amazing Batman Um, Batman I think it's issue 423 read that comic it's a beautiful comic go buy a copy of that comic it's great like that is the best Batman story of all time and on the cover you have this Batman holding this woman like she's been, you know, probably mugged or, you know, something that is like she's been attacked and he's comforting her and just the cape is wicked on it. It's just all over the place. So it's like the spaghetti webbing, the extreme capes. Those were the things that Todd McFarlane would give his signatures to. Right. So yeah, obviously when he's playing with Spider-Man, you know, you can't you don't get all that extra cape to draw around. Because what's nice about a cape is it eats up so much page, and you just got to draw the little folding lines. And you're like, yes, I got away with drawing so much more. Now it's the colorist's problem. <laughs> <laughs> Topic Farland also created the Ben Riley Spider Man suit? No, no, no. Uh, by that point, no. Um, uh, image was already formed, so he was he was well gone from that. So then it was the, his Spider Man suit that was something different, like because it wasn't. Something well, yeah. About so when he when he so he was famous for. Um, when they launched Spider-Man. So, like, if I remember correctly, I think it was, like, in 91, they launched X-Men, and that was Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, and that created the greatest selling comic of all time. Uh, so then, like, a year or two later, they were like, hey, let's try this again with Spider-Man. Come on. You know, it's a great idea. And Todd McFarlane was actually the writer and artist on that one. Okay. Uh, it was a Craven arc. I'll have to let you borrow the trade sometime. And uh, but yeah, he was he was real big on the body language of Spider-Man, making him more wiry and like thin. 
giving him almost like a runner's body and just like the bigger eyes. Bigger eyes, know, I remember the, that, yeah. the, the spaghetti webbing, as they nicknamed it, and just, you know, always having them like in these like poses. And it was funny because you could still see like there was some of that Batman love because he started calling Spider-Man the Arachnite you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. Which we eventually get with uh, the Infinity Warps. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's true. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So Todd McFarlane, if you're listening, you might uh, have a potential lawsuit here. Because <laughs> as we talk about Spawn, there's going to be some lawsuits. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, no, he just he did a lot of great work with various characters. Um I mean, he did a lot. Uh, I think Invasion, one of DC's big stories. I think he was one of the main artists on that one as well. Um, at Marvel, he just he did a lot of groundbreaking stuff for Spider Man. Just some, uh, you know, just the visuals. I mean, hence why they call it Image Comics. And it's funny. I'll admit, I didn't understand that for the longest time. I was like, Image, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's like, oh wait, they're a bunch of artists. Ah, it's all about the image. It's all about was, the look. It was actually yesterday that I figured that out. <laughs> and what an you iconic know? image that Spawn creates. Yeah. Again, we already talked about this, the idea of he is very of his time. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's making me think of something that be, could be considered timeless to some people, right? The fan base takes it and it becomes such a big part. Like Deadpool, right? It's become something that's so big that a huge niche group of people loved and now it's getting its heyday in the big screen and more and more people are coming to it and enjoying it. And I feel, you know, they try to do that with Spawn with the 97 movie. And I feel like Spawn, though, has never really gone away. Most people know who of Spawn or have heard of Spawn or know at least the look of Spawn. And so that to me showcases to me that this is another character that even though there is a lot of niche love for him, that niche love is huge. Oh, yeah. Spawn fans are loyalists. Like, you know, one of our one of the guys that runs in our, our circle, Ray Whitaker. I think he's got every issue. Yep. Um, I the guy just follows Spawn religiously. He's he's been there from day one. He's had various conversations with Todd McFarlane. So yeah, Spawn fans are huge. And even to go back to that to that the, the iconography of it, Spawn really hasn't changed costume. No. I mean, if you think about it, like not to rag on it, but like Kyle Rayner, what the hell is his costume? <laughs> that thing changes all the time. Spider Man, Superman, even you know they've had changes to that. I mean, yeah. It comes back, and you. I'm, I'm sure you could argue that maybe Spawn's had little characteristics and tweets and stuff like that. Spider-Man, as you're mentioning, we have all kinds of different versions of whatnot. But for the most part, Spawn has always stayed that way. And even when he had that logo, because I always associate his logo with belt buckles, because it was perfect for that. Mm-hmm. That round one with like the eyes on it. It's like, oh, that's that's perfect. I mean, even know? the was Angela, the Hel- the Hellspawn killer or whatever, she wears the Spawn logo on as her earrings or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it's it, he came he came out and he did create. I mean, is he? I know they all was it seven of them created image. I think so. I think it was seven. It, they, I mean, they all at one point owned uh, equal share of of the company. Yeah, they're all the founders, and so yeah, I think at, at the beginning it's okay because all of them put forth a book, right? And so I think that was kind of the deal. It's like okay, well, we all put forth something, so. Like we all get a seventh of the company and then go from there. And it's just been a matter of, hey, my book tanked. I'm going to go work for the others. All right, well, we'll buy you out and things like that. And so. Because, I mean, I, I can imagine he's one of the only ones that are left at, of the original. Pretty much, honestly. I think he is because most of them have gone back or. I mean, Jim Lee's over know, at DC, obviously. Because yeah. the only one I can think that may still be doing something would probably be Eric Larson with Savage Dragon. With Savage Dragon. I think that might be about it. But yeah, Mark Silvestri. Um, 
Oh, God. Uh, Wallace Particio. I think they've both been back at Marvel. I know I've seen them do some stuff for X-Men. Yeah, Jim Lee's taking a huge position over at um, DC Comics. Like, he even took his Wildcats with him. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that comes with me. Um, and Kirkman came in. Kirkman's come in. And he's kind of He's already left up. out, though, with yeah, his he's Skybound. Sky yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's, I mean. It's Image Comics kind of to me is always going to be Spawn. Like Spawn yeah. is the thing I, I associate with Image Comics. Yeah, that's definitely going to be their their big character. Because let's see here, I'm looking at it like some of their notable stuff. Obviously, Walking Dead, Spawn, Savage Dragon, Witchblade, Darkness, Invincible, uh, Saga, which right now is doing fantastic. I didn't so realize that, that was busy. Image. Yeah, I kind of I didn't know that Kingsman, uh, Hit Girl, and Kick didn't Ass. Know that either. Uh, they all fall under that Bitch Planet Criminal. Wicked in the Divine. So, I mean, they've got some oh, stuff, but the, the thing the is, divine too. Uh, with those stories, though, I mean, they kind of, they last, but they don't have, like, like they, they, they are very finite stories. So it's like, hey, this could be a five-year deal, but then that's it. So they're not going to be those serialized comics that we're going to be getting, you know, with, like, how we do the adventures of Batman, Superman, Captain America, and all those guys. So, yeah, so they're very, very finite stuff. And then talking about, I mean, I know we've talked about it, couple times already but the iconic look of spawn so the idea to me like I, you said it earlier like you have a little bit of spider-man in there a little bit of batman i to me it's it's batman and, and punisher put together like you have this mm-hmm. military vigilante killer guy and then the gothic look of of batman with that that with the the cape with the big cow or not cow but collar and uh chains and stuff like that but you also there's going to be a panel like where he has a Submachine gun ready to start firing at people. That's true. That's true. That's true. Like it's it's just. And then you give them some demons to fight, and you got you got gold. Yeah, it's 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 all you really need. The green eyes, (laughs) you know, messed up face, all that stuff. So, nineteen ninety two, he creates uh, Al Simmons. Yes. So May of nineteen ninety two, Spawn number one comes at you. We get the adventures of Albert Francis Simmons. Um, Basically, I think at that point he's former. Former Marine, he's a member of the CIA, and he gets betrayed, I think, right? He gets betrayed yeah. by his own people. Yes, he does. And so as he's dying, it's like, you know, the devil gives him that chance. Hey, I can save you. I can give you the chance to rectify the justice you need, but you're going to be mine. And then he does it. And then that's that's where he comes to. And I know, like, he, he leaves behind a wife and uh, two kids? I just is just the one daughter. Okay. I'm not sure, but I, I think it's just... had a son, but I don't know. I Like I said, I'm... Honestly, to this day, I have yet to read a Spawn comic. And all I really have is the movie and the HBO TV show. Like, but that was—it's been a very long time since <laughs> I've watched either one of those. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I, I, he definitely has Spawn. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, well played. <laughs> yeah. So no, but I mean. Uh, it's definitely it's taken off as its own franchise. I mean, this gave Todd McFarlane a lot of abilities, as you mentioned there. Uh, a big on the media, he had the movie, and you know, just to put that in the time reference, that was 1997. So we're talking about um, no, I apologize. The the animated series, okay, no, the 1997 feature film. So I mean, we're coming. Like I think what hurt that was Batman and Robin. Really, is Batman and Robin came out in 97 as well. That's true, and that was like the. You know, everybody hates it. You know, I mean, I I, I appreciate it for what it is. Um, we've gotten better, obviously, because of movies like that. So, but I think that's what kind of killed it because Batman at that point is a serious character, not being taken very serious. And then here comes Spawn, who is a mega serious character. And I mean, think about it too. If I remember correctly, I think with that movie, the cape was all CGI. Yeah. So that was huge. You know, I mean, it was like, hey, that's obviously like that. 
like going back to Todd McFarlane's art, you know, it's like I want this cape to basically be its own living entity. Uh, so yeah, so that's hot off the heels of there. And then you had the the, the HBO animated series for two years, um, and then this led to McFarlane getting big enough that he creates McFarlane Toys. And I mean, I always remember going to Toys R Us, and you would see so many spawn toys my god they'd make a mini series there'd be toys to go with it there was everything and i'm not even talking about the fact that mcfarlane went on to do like sports characters and stuff like that no just all his spawn characters just everybody that he would do i mean they have they have so many licenses over there or oh, yeah, they, they did at one time so i don't know much, if yeah. at this point but how come how come i mean I, I guess i know how come but how come dc and, and marvel never like played ball like wouldn't you love to have gotten a mcfarland toy version of of your favorite character well it's coming is uh, it next year dc's master license goes to mcfarland toys wow and actually that's why the two of them are having having some really good success so at this last san diego comic-con um i don't know if you got to see when you're walking around but at the dc booth they had like a big batman statue with this whole like cape and the black and white because that would be from the Batman black and white statue series. Mm-hmm. The 100th statue is Todd McFarlane. And it's based off that Batman 423 cover. Again, I will not stop pimping that comic. Uh-huh. You buy it, you don't like it, I will buy it from you. Um, at cover price, not the price you're going to pay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's worth a little bit more than that. But um, yeah, that, that was a huge impact. So you know, him and, and DC Collectibles are getting very friendly. Well, they, Spawn and, did show up in the last Injustice game, I believe. Isn't that true? I'm not sure. Is that not here? Really? Sure. I, I have it right. Oh, okay. Maybe it was Mortal Kombat. He showed up in the Mortal Kombat 11. Okay. It makes sense for him to show up there. I thought it was in, Injustice, but no. Mortal Kombat oh, but it makes, makes sense because we had DC versus Mortal Kombat, so I can yeah. see the connection. But yeah, but no, but yeah, finally uh, DC Comics and and um, McFarland Toys, yeah, they're partnering up. So next year we're going to see... You know, get ready to buy all your action figures again. Um, and even Todd McFarlane has talked about that. Like, he envisions it like these things are going to be little statues, essentially. So I'm kind of nervous because, like, yes, do I want that cool, you know, like Batman figure with this awesome, crazy cape? Sure. But at the same time, like, okay, so with Todd McFarlane toys, I think I've bought a whole, like, two figures. And I'm surprised he got me for that much. <laughs> so when Walking Dead hit it, it hit it big, and he announced he was going to have his Walking Dead line. So I bought the figure, and when it made it to like your house, they were just they felt so weak. That cheap plastic, uh, very petite, very small. And it was like, what am I going to do with this figure? I mean, you can't like they're in their own scale; they're worthless almost. So that kind of brought me down. I'm sure they've gotten better. I think they actually have gotten better, which kudos to them. And then the second figure that I went, I went back and bought it. Because there's some controversial when it comes to Miracle Man. And he actually made a Miracle Man statue and a Miracle Man action figure. And he didn't actually have the full rights to do those things, so they were very rare to find. So luckily I got the Miracle Man figure. But the way it was sculpted, it's pre-posed, so it has like really no movement. Mm. And it's like the muscles, like when you put the arm down, you'll see like this fold of muscle that doesn't continue fluidly with the figure. Right. It's like, yeah, these that's are the main thing with Farland. I mean, the likeness is great for a lot yeah. of his toys, but what you what you get for likeness, you sacrifice in articulation. Right. And in yeah. that case, you know, it depends on what what you're looking for, which is cool. But my my biggest thing is, so he came out with the color brand tips. 
series, whatever it's called, and it was video games, The Walking Dead, and also anime figures. And those anime figures sucked. I don't care what you say. Those, <laughs> those things are garbage. And just recently, My Hero Academia, an anime that I love, just Mike McFarlane's going to make those toys. And so I'm very scared. Scared, yeah. Because we're I want high quality My Hero Academia toys that don't cost $100 because yeah. of Figma. And so now we're getting them, but... But they're from McFarlane. But they're from McFarlane. So, so they might not be posable. Exactly. They're not going to be... They I mean, might not be posable. They're just mini statues. So then I'll just get Bam Presto. And Bam Presto does really good with their statues. So it's like... And it's like 30 bucks. So, I mean, I don't know. It's... Well, it's tough because... And especially, too, with, with, with the DC Master License, he's going to be it. I mean, yeah, you'll have the DC Collectibles toys. But lately, DC Collectibles has been kind of shit in the bed, too. So there's not much there. So it's scary. And then going back to kind of your original question, why, why Marvel never partnered up... So Toy Biz at one point owned Marvel Comics. Okay. Yeah, when Marvel was just going all over the rails, and that's how Avi Arad, I think yep. is how you say his name, he was a toy maker. So they they saved Marvel because those two have been partners forever. And oh my God, Toy Biz like those five point articulation action figures of the nineties. My God, they produced so much, so flipping. I mean, he had a Mojo figure. Mojo, <laughs> that guy is like what? They had action figures of everything. So anyway, so they saved. Uh, they became kind of like one company in a sense. But then eventually, Toy Biz kind of like ah, there's no need for you. We've outgrown you. So Toy Biz eventually whittled off and died. And then Hasbro picked up the rights for the Marvel Master license. And Mar- Hasbro, sorry, Hasbro has just been killing it. They are producing some amazing Marvel Legends figures. Uh, they've got the Power Ranger line too, the Lightning Collection. Just the looks Star amazing. Wars Black Series. Yeah, oh my they, God. Like, I want them it. to get the DC line. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, toy history. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things that, I mean, this kind of goes right into something I was going to bring up is that uh, with Spawn, for only being 300 issues and just, the, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of spinoff boys. There's Sam and Twitch. There's all this other stuff. But that's the thing is that there's so many characters yeah. that are very recognizable. And I I would say that after Spawn himself, Vindicator has to be the next, like, super recognizable character, right? Oh, yeah. Like, people remember seeing that, well, John Leguizamo plays the, the, the that creepy-ass clown yeah, the in clown the movie. Yeah, the version of it. But... Like you see that uh, everywhere, like that, like especially back in the day. But like, uh, Hot Topic would have had yes. Vindicator oh, toys everywhere. Yes, they would have. So, and it also kind of started that whole fear of clowns that a lot of people might have. Yeah, that's true. So for some people, it was Pennywise. For some people, it was Vindicator. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a weird name too. Like, why Vindicator? Like, it sounds like a name of a hero. It, it really does. Is like, it Vindicator? Or is it Violator? Oh, is it Violator? Am I saying it the wrong thing? I mean, no, I guess one was Vindicator myself, because I often wondered that. It was like, wait a second. Violator does sound like sound right, though. Actually, he might even have both of those characters. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's Violator, the Violator, the Violator. So I'm just a, a moron. Let's so just call no, just call him John Leguizamo. That's John, what it was. I mean, that's yeah, what Violator. I okay, Violator. Hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, the Violator. Like that's another big iconic looking character Huge, like, yeah just giant demon monster he's a clown he's john leguizamo <laughs> you get everything you get you get the holy trinity and no the the demon trilogy and so essentially he's supposed to be spawn's handler right like if yeah the the it's a supervisor yeah the, the, <laughs> the, the devil himself satan gives out gives out a mission gives it to the violator who then goes and tells hell spawn hey 
this is what you have to go do next. Get done. You signed a contract with blood. Yeah. <laughs> I like how organized hell is. You, know? like, <laughs> you just see Satan at his desk. Oh, again. All right. Violator, get your top guy on it. I'm on it, chief. You got to imagine. I mean, Spawn, his whole thing is, you know, he's just good at killing people. And so now oh, he's yeah. just doing it like on a different level with all of his different. Like I was looking through it, right? And just, just looking at all the different powers that this son of a bitch has. Besides the superhuman strength and speed and agility and endurance, I like this. The fact that he's like, I feel like every hero nowadays, doesn't matter who you are, has this in their repertoire. Highly skilled tactician. Yes. Martial artist. <laughs> yep. Swordsman. <laughs> marksman. I like these two, though. Athlete and acrobat. Ooh. Which I do see the acrobat bit. He has but, to have that, that beautiful cape. What, yeah. but, but what what in your past as ex-marine uh, and, <laughs> and stuff like that would be like acrobat? I need to go and learn acrobatics. That, true. That doesn't You're make any sense rooftop to me. To rooftop? Like, <laughs> maybe he had a special mission where he had to like catch, like he had to be in the Olympics. And so he, <laughs> he was supposed to pretending. save the Graysons. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like I understand it. if you look at Dick Grayson's Wikipedia entry, his one of his special skills is acrobatics. Like right. that makes sense. Dead yeah. man. That makes sense. But why would you give it to Spawn? Like, other than just be like, I want to give him everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. all the things. You're not going to find that in, in Superman's, like... Well, but talking about everything, again, teleportation, shape-shifting, necroplasmic he energy had blasts. shape-shifting? He had shape-shifting. That makes sense. I kind of remember that, I, you know, which also speaks to the Violator, because you see him yeah. as the fat clown, and then yeah. you see him as the Big skin, demon skinny, horn thing. Yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, that thing, so... Yeah, and then, I like how, do that. Just multiple demonic powers like energy manipulation and molecular manipulation. <laughs> and, and molecular And my manipulation. favorite, resurrection. Well, you know, and that's another thing is that uh, he, Al Simmons is not the first spawn. Like, right. uh, you, as as you go on, you find out there's been previous spawns. And then there's medieval even... Medieval spawn. There's medieval spawn. I mean, and those all have different books and stuff. And then you have... Uh, people that are um, not sourced, but uh, uh, given the task of being, I have to take out the hell spawn of this generation, kind of thing, which came up with Angela, like we were talking about earlier. It makes yeah. me think of like the relationship between like Van Helsing and Dracula. Yeah, that's very similar. Yeah, or or uh, or what was it? At one point in time in X Men comics, they tried to do the same thing with uh, Cable and Apocalypse, right? Like every oh, time yeah. Apocalypse dies. You know, Cable's there, and Cable gets reborn when Apocalypse gets reborn. Yeah, forever linked. Yeah. yeah. So, that, I mean, can you think of other relationships of, of good guy, bad guy? Oh, Hawkman and and uh, Shadow Thief? Not Shadow Thief, but... Um, oh, the, the Omni, Aminar, the Sin... Um, Aminar Sin, there we go. Okay. Uh, but that's like the alien stuff, which is kind of new. But yeah, Shadow Thief is definitely his bad guy, but Aminar Sin is that one that's like... You know, if Hawkman's dead, then you don't have Aminar Sin. Aminar Sin returns. Here comes Hawkman because he's got to fight that shit. Okay. Voldemort um, and Harry Potter. Voldemort and Harry Potter. They're connected. connected. Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. Yeah, but they don't resurrect. <laughs> or do they? Maybe in the future. They just never die. Yeah. Do you guys ever watch the Sherlock Holmes in the 21st century? That I, show? I've never watched it. Okay, that cartoon was fucking crazy. Because <laughs> that whole idea was... So, I remember there being a lot of cyberpunkish looking stuff. That's, that's what it was. Okay. It was cyberpunk... Sherlock Holmes, because Sherlock Holmes. So the, the the season started with Sherlock Holmes being like him and Moriarty fall to their death, uh-huh. and and Watson sees this, but he doesn't actually fall to his death. Somehow he survives, but he's put in like this 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 ecto whatever um, stasis, and he's woken up in the twenty second because like it's twenty second century, and in the twenty second century like it's the future, right? Yeah. And Watson's a robot. 
Of course. Like they put Watson's I like his his his, his personality into a robot. Yeah. So he's the original Jarvis. <laughs> um yeah, no. Well, and, and I think that's what's neat about it when they have that like forever linked, you know, like like it's Batman and Joker, but obviously Batman and Joker don't have that resurrection, you know, but it's just neat that no matter what time period are, they'll find each other to have that that massive fight. Um, one thing that is really amazing as I was looking over with Spawn, I mean, Todd McFarlane has actually got Neil Gaiman to write for him. Alan Moore to write Spawn characters. Ooh. Like these are not just casual names I'm tossing out there. I mean, despite what you may like, you know, maybe they're over celebrated, maybe they're not celebrated enough, but these these two gentlemen have definitely they've crafted some amazing stories. So that's pretty wild to get them on there. But unfortunately, do you think there was a Miracle Man uh, deal there? I mean, so okay, the story of Miracle Man, which I would, I would, I we should totally do a one hundred and one. But he needs to get popular, which I'm hoping will come (laughs) very soon. Um, But the the thought process with that, so Shazam happens, Captain Marvel happens back in the forties. They're producing the comics. Captain Marvel was actually more popular than Superman. Captain Marvel is the first superhero to be on film. Mm-hmm. Like that, that blew my mind. I didn't realize that. And so DC Comics is like, well, we can't have that shit. So they basically take Wiz Comics to court. They lock him up in battle to the point where Wiz Comics is like, we can't afford it. So fine, you win. So the character gets shut down. Over in England, uh, Mick Angelo is making his own bootleg Captain Marvel comics. And they're like, hey, Captain Marvel's done. You can't do it anymore. He's like, the hell I can. <laughs> Instead of red, he's blue. You know, Instead of magic, he's science. You know, Stuff like that. So Komota, which is atomic backwards, he gets his powers and all these things. And so they create Marvel Man. And then it, it fades away. All those kids who were reading those comics in the 60s are now Alan Moore. Like, they all converged and created Alan Moore. Uh, <laughs> it's so, a one, yeah. one consciousness. That's what the premier is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but one of the gentlemen, uh, I think it was Eclipse Comics was the company they made. And he's like, hey, let's revive Miracle Man. Or, sorry, Marvel Man. Let's do something. And Alan Moore comes along and he's like, I got a fucking crazy tale for you. You have these childhood heroes. I'm going to destroy them. So, he produces it. And they're worried about Marvel potentially suing. So, they just drop the name and it becomes Miracle Man. And so whoever that editor or owner of Eclipse Comics was, he thought he owned the rights to Miracle Man. And so it was like split off into several ways. And so part of it was like to Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, and somehow it wound up with Todd McFarlane. Like, no, he bought it. That's right. He just outright bought it because he wanted to have it. And they actually introduced Miracle Man into the Spawn comics. Mm. They called him Mom. Right, because that's a cool ass name, Mom. <laughs> okay, and because uh, he's man of miracles, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, right, and so I mean it was really neat stuff, and it definitely works. Um, so, anyways, yeah, like issue nine is the first time Neil Gaiman gets contracted to work for Spawn with Todd McFarlane. So the two of them co-create um, Angela, and I don't know if it was then that quickly, but um, Medieval Spawn they get created, and so. You know, Neil Gaiman's trying to argue you were work for hire. Uh, Neil Gaiman's trying to argue that, no, I am a co-creator. So this battle just went on for a long, long, long time. And that's how we actually get Marvel 1602. 
because Neil Gaiman really wanted to start like capital, like, you know, I need capital to do this. So he created his own LLC, like uh, Marvels and Miracles or Miracles and Marvels or something like that. So he writes 1602. And depending on which one you get, I think the actual, the, the first issue, the dedication is like he dedicates like to Todd, you made this necessary. So there's kind of some bad blood between those two. Wow. And oh, wow. um, so they, they put together this, the miniseries 1602 does great. Um, the money's built, the lawsuit goes on, and that's how Angela, like the rights actually go full on to uh, uh, Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. So he sells Angela to Marvel. So now Angela is a sister of Thor. Right. And um, then Miracle Man, he's back. So he's at Marvel Comics. Uh, they've been reproducing a lot of the uh, 80s stuff and the 50s stuff as well. They were reproduced all of it. And so supposedly we're going to be getting some new adventures. So, like, when Marvel Comics 1000 hits, apparently that's going to be, like, we're going to have Miracle Man in there. I don't know if it's just going to be, like, a retro tell of the history of Marvel or if he's actually going to be worked into the history of the Marvel Universe as well. So that'll be crazy, which is funny because it's kind of what Doomsday Clock is doing right. with the Watchmen characters also created, co-created by Moore. So, yeah. So <laughs> there's been a lot of just dissatisfaction between all those people. Which is funny because Todd McFarlane, you know, like, hey, I'm not happy with Marvel getting to call the shots at the end of the day, co-creator rights and all these things. And then in the end, once you become a businessman, it's kind of like, damn, I have to do the things that I don't like <laughs> as well. But yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of the extent of what I know about Spawn was just more or less that like the lawsuit yeah. and how those things popped into it. So I guess a fun question I like to ask when did you first see Spawn? Like, how do you remember him? Was it was it the movie? Was it something else? So, Mitch, yeah, the movie would have been my first introduction to it, and uh, you know, Michael J. White playing Al Simmons obviously was great. It was great casting. Like, oh, he he had, perfect. He hadn't he hadn't reached. He was still in the the stages that most quote unquote action stars are at. Like, he can pull off the action, just didn't have the acting chops yet. Go go with him now. I mean, I think you could you could. I mean, he was in the Dark Knight. Like yeah, he he, was. he knows he he knows his acting craft better a lot better now, and he can still kick ass like nobody's business. He's still making action films. Um, it's just they they made a, a mistake by making it a PG thirteen movie. That's not what Spawn is. That's yeah. and, and don't get me wrong. People made when they made uh, Deadpool like they were like oh it needs to be R rated. I was like, does it really? Like I get it, the stabbings and you know uh, crude language and all that stuff. Like that goes for our rating. I mean, it, it made it better. Right. Don't get me wrong, but you yeah, can make Deadpool. You know, yeah, but. but you can make Deadpool PG thirteen. Just you don't use the blood. You don't use as much blood. Right. You can yeah. you can be over the top silly with it, and that's what Deadpool also calls for. Yeah. Uh, same with Logan. I, I really didn't feel like it needed to be R rated. You didn't do anything. Other than the time when he cuts, he puts his uh, the his claws right into that dude's head in the very beginning of the movie, like oh. like that fight scene that that first fight scene was brutal. But like other than that, I don't really see why you needed to make it an R rated movie. Right, you could have still got a lot of the same stuff that you got from the other Wolverine scenes in other movies. This you needs it needs to be R rated. Like there needs to you need to see the violator do terrible things. You need to see some of the enemies that, that spawn is going to go up against that. They, the terrible stuff that they're going through. Like it gives you more of that, even though you have demons and a supernatural superhero and stuff like that, you need 
grounded stakes. You need grounded stakes. You know, real world people, like real world uh, situations of senators that are raping kids and stuff like that. For yeah. that, the reason why we have a hell spawn yeah. kind of thing. Like that's how bad the world is. That a, a, a figure of hell is actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> and this, I mean, that's kind of a, the other thing that happens with the uh, with spawn. It's the same thing that happens with the Ghost Rider. Even though they're they're both agents of this demon Satan character. They become they they use their powers for good. How is it they all they're always able to break their contract or do something to be like, mm, you gave me these powers, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do good with them instead. Yeah, no, it does. It definitely writes itself into a conundrum mm-hmm. because it's like like I was looking at some ghostwriter issues, and it was funny because I recently posted that on my Facebook. I forgot ghostwriters technically an angel now. Yeah. So at one point they're like, oh yeah, that's right, the ghostwriters. They're like the the black ops squad for the angels and stuff <laughs> like that. And it sounds neat and it sounds cool. Green Lantern did that when they had the dark, you know, and and they were the Green Lantern rings that would be black and they could go do what they needed to, but. After an arc or two, that stuff goes away. I mean, you know, we also it, have... It there's, I, like I said, we, we've we all said we don't really read Spawn comic books, but I've seen the cover where you have Spawn without the cape, and but he has white wings instead, like angel yeah. wings. So that's got to be something. Rafa, where were you first introduced with uh, Spawn? I remember being at a, at a swap meet here in Yuma and just seeing this dude just selling Spawn toys. <laughs> really? So <laughs> toys were your first introduction? Toys were my first introduction. I was just going like, what is this? And the guy goes, hey, man, I got, I got a special for you. I got that Spawn for you. Basically, he's like, <laughs> I got, I'll, you can get two of these Spawns. Mind you, I'm a kid at this point, right? And, like, I'll, and I'll give you both of them for 50 bucks. Wow. But each separately was like, Fifteen dollars. Oh, so he jipped me. Um, <laughs> thank I'm God, sorry, that's I, horrible. I didn't have uh, at that point. I, didn't have, I was a kid, so I didn't have any money. Thank God. Yeah, but I wanted to buy them. I told him, Mom, I want to get this toy. He's like, No. And then you know, thank um, you for moms. <laughs> yes, thank you for moms. Uh, I saw the movie, and I just remember thinking to myself how much I loved the way that the suit looked. Not so much the cape. But the suit itself, watching as, you know, like the, the mask came onto Michael J. White's face mm-hmm. and just like the, na- it looked gross. It looked nasty. It looked evil. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love so much about it, you know, because, you know, you're a kid and you're growing up and you're just like, oh, it's kind of cool. He's a bad boy, this and that. Um, and then just seeing all the things that he would have to fight, all the terrible CGI, but him with a machine gun and just shooting bad, bad people down. That was my first introduction. And I thought it was the coolest stuff. I remember buying... Um, the Marvel, the Marvel uh, magazines that they had—I forget what they're called—but it would give you information about uh, comic books that were coming out. Sometimes they had toys in there. They had like funny little illustrations and like the information. Oh, was it no Wizard Toy Fair? It wasn't Toy Fair, but I think it was Wizard. Uh-huh. So it was Wizard because I think there was a there was a toy magazine, right? And then there was the actual Wizard magazine. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. There so was, I, yeah. I remember like buying Wizard magazines and just to get my look at Spawn and just mm-hmm. all the times because I had the biggest thing. I thought Spawn was the coolest thing that I've ever seen, and I also had like the biggest hard on for Witchblade. Um, which, you know, I don't think you can blame me as a child. You and every heterosexual male in the 90s. And it was, just, it was a good time. But I never actually was. I didn't, I didn't buy comic books at that time. So I didn't really ever get a Spawn comic book. So, uh, I mean, my next introduction would have been the, the, the cartoon, the HBO adult cartoon. I mean, that was what, 80, 1998, 1999? Yeah, because they, uh, they actually won Emmys in 1998 and 1999 for that show. Uh I mean, obviously, this uh, it got two seasons, and yeah. I just remember that that show being. I'm, I was like, "Wow, you can do this with comic book characters, like yeah. Superman and Batman things." Like, I mean, obviously, I didn't have the, 
I, I should have. I was 17 at the time, but yeah. I shouldn't. I didn't have the forethought to be like, these are different type of characters. Right. It's a, it's adult stuff as opposed to... Yeah, the safer comics. Yeah, the safer comics, so to speak. So, I, I mean, I've always wanted to go back and rewatch that HBO cartoon, but I, I've never have. I know it, they collected it in a, a, a Blu-ray like collection of the whole series, but... Uh, what about you, Chris? Like, what tangentially, other than honestly, Miracle Man comics? <laughs> uh, honestly, like for me, it would have been like I remember Batman Spawn. Okay, um, like I, I I flipped through it. I didn't care for it. I may have bought it. I don't know because it's one of those like it gets put in your stack and you're like, oh, okay. Um, like Wizard Magazine, it's funny that you bring it up because Spawn was one of their big go tos because art sells a comic book faster than story. It's you yeah. know, it's just it's the fact, fact of the, the, the of the matter. And so I do I always remember perusing through that. Um, the toys were a big introduction, like like despite what I did or didn't know about the character, I did have to appreciate the way it looked and especially those toys. I mean at first, like I mean, when we were dealing with the very limitedness of five points of articulation and junk like that at least these were big and they were detail sculptings so that's where it kind of came for me like it would, i would just see it outside in that regard um the movie i just i it didn't speak to me you know because it's like i may love superheroes but i don't watch everything superheroes mm-hmm. um so i just didn't find myself doing that i do remember the hbo series though i wanted to see that because i don't know if you guys remember that but remember when mtv used to have those like the max and aeon flux yep. and it was like the animation was just like mind-blowing so like i wanted that i wanted to see the spawn one but it was hbo and uh, know, as a kid yeah. hbo was like that's like going to saturn you know like it <laughs> yeah. just wasn't happening so i still like i do definitely want to check out the cartoon because i think that probably is like for somebody brand new to spawn i think that's probably a great introductory a great gateway drug into the world definitely of uh so and then as of or starting in 2015 tom mcfarland had talked about how he was uh partnering up with uh Blumhouse uh, productions to make a new Spawn movie where he was going to write and direct it. Uh, Jamie Foxx has been attached to play Spawn. Jeremy Renner was attached to play a detective. I don't know if he's going to be playing Sam or Twitch or whichever one the character would. Yeah, I guess I guess it would be Twitch, the skinnier yeah. one. But I think he was just supposed to be a different detective altogether. Uh, as of recently, I believe the funding for that movie had fallen out or at least uh, he, he got into d- disagreement with uh, a lot of his producers because he has ah. a very uh, distinct idea of what he wants to make and from what I've heard is that his movie is going to have Spawn as more of a uh, Jaws like character it's in the background he's not going to be he's not going to be the main focal point your focal point is going to be this detective Jeremy Renner is supposed to be playing and now how uh, Spawn is a very scary character that just comes out of nowhere and like either drops the bad guys off or has a uh, something to say to the to the detective kind of thing. So I'm not gonna lie, I like that approach. It, That's it, interesting. It sounds like an interesting approach. Approach, but to people that are going to be putting up the funding, true. Like, I, I'm I, sure I get they're, that. They're like, they're like no, hey, we're making just, a Spawn movie. We want Spawn to be the b- yeah. main guy, especially yeah. if you're going to have to pay for Jamie Fox. Like, it's yeah, true. It's going to so, be a price tag. Um. And then the big question, do you, because with Spawn, like, even if you say, okay, well, we'll take the mask off, he's got that Deadpool-like face, yep. you know, it's all mutilated. So, 
You pay for Jamie Foxx. Do you want to see mutilated face? Yeah. Do you want to see Spawn mask? What do you get? You know that was the big thing with Spider-Man for so long. Power. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, now this is a thing that I didn't. Know. I didn't know there were so many video games that had Spawn in it. Like in ah, that's quite the list. So 1995, we have Todd McFarlane Spawn for the Super Nintendo. Um, 1997 for the PlayStation spawned the Eternal. 1997 spawned the Ultimate. 1999 spawned for the Game Boy Color. Uh, 1999 to 2000 spawned the Demon's Hand for Dreamcast and Arcade. Spawned Armageddon in 2003 for Xbox, PlayStation 2, and Nintendo GameCube. Soul Calibur 2, he shows up in 2003 for X- Xbox. Soul Calibur 2 HD Online, 2013. Xbox 360, PlayStation 3. And then... As we said earlier, Mortal Kombat 11 in 2019, he's going to be uh, a downloadable fighter, or he is a downloadable fighter. So it, he's I just I did really did not realize there was that many Spawn games. Yeah, that is surprising because like you know the people that I talk to as gamers, I don't really hear them like oh yeah Spawn Spawn new Spawn really, game yeah. doesn't really pop up and no. you know like. Superman, you don't. I don't even think you have a list that's probably. Maybe you're lucky if it's that equal in length. You know, I don't even think it's that equal. I know there's I the the Super Nintendo. Uh, or was it N64? Oh god, that N64. That N64 so game horrible. that everybody hates, and then Terrible there's one. all there's Mortal Kombat versus uh, DC. DC. There's uh, DC Universe Online, and then the Injustice games. I don't yeah. think there's more than that. I think that's mostly it. I mean, it have to be. There was rumors about Rocksteady. That's true. That, that never happened. <laughs> Maybe. I want to dream so bad. <laughs> I mean, now Batman, there's definitely a lot of Batman games. Oh, yeah. there's, oh, there yeah. was a video game based off of every one of the movies that came out. Oh, the Upper Two. Yeah. The animated series. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we just don't know a lot about Spawn. We're going to have to get into it more. Well, I think that's what's going to be night nice when we do our roundtable. You know, it's um, going to be a lot of them telling us. Yeah, hopefully. which is going to be exciting because yeah. sell me a character. You yeah, know, like because that's the hardest. Three hundred like, issues. Sell me know, a character. Yeah, like it's that's the hardest part because money's tight. You know, when you're looking at comic books and stuff like that, and you know, we're an X Men resident renaissance. That's, yeah. all yeah. that's true too. Most of my focus is going to be there, but it's hard because, like, I'll admit, like with Batman, Superman, Spider Man, Captain America. Those were always books I would buy. And even when I sat down, I was like, I've got my 14 characters, and then those four are going to make the cut. I left Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Last series, issue 25, I dropped it. Yeah. Captain America, I'm still getting it just because it feels like it's a, a sequel to Ed Brubaker's Captain America. But when Teneste Coates leaves, books on the chopping block. Um, Superman, I'm dropping both. Like, no offense to Bendis. I just I found myself really disassociated with Superman. I don't care. And then Batman, it's only Tom King because I'm not getting detective. I mean, that's I, I kind of the way I felt like when I was a kid. And I got Spider-Man books. I got all four of the Spider-Man books, right? Like, that was the thing that I wanted to do. And then whatever, I think they added a fifth with Tangled Web. But, like, now, if you're going to have five books that are all Spider-Man, I'm not going to buy one because I don't want to be... I don't want to read the one story, story and, yeah. and then be like, oh, I needed to buy this other one to get it. It's like, no, I, you, you should have just stuck to the one or maybe two. Like, I, it's hard for me for Batman and, and Superman, too, because like those are uh, like Superman is a bi-monthly one instead of just a monthly book. Right. Yeah. So then you have Man of Steel or is it Man of Steel? Is the well, other? no, you got Superman in action right now. Action. That's like, right. So action by weekly. So four bucks in a month. Yeah. And they're bouncing back and, and forth. That's just too many. Like yeah. I should be getting Man of Steel once or I mean, 
I don't know why I keep wanting to say Man <laughs> you of Steel. You want that title back. I really do. Uh, I should be getting uh, Superman once a month and Action Comics once a month. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know I'm not I'm not the one trying to make money here. Right. I'm the one having to spend the money. <laughs> well, but the thing is, and that's where it's like, I think Spider-Man did it smart because I remember that when it was the era of amazing, spectacular, Friendly web of Peter Parker. Yeah, Peter Parker, sensational. All those, you know, so yeah, and... Like it was hard because it's like, okay, what's what? And the clone saga really split it because two of those titles were Ben Riley books, two of those pi- titles were Peter Parker books, and all this crazy shenanigans. And it was just like, oh my God, you know, like I'm exhausted. Uh, filing your back issues is a pain in the neck because it's like, do I do release dates or do, do I do titles? How do I figure this stuff out? And it just got so convoluted. And then. It was right after uh, One More Day when that happened, and they condensed it all down to just Amazing Spider-Man three times a month. That was perfect. That was fine, yeah. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting that high frequency, but it's a continual story. Yeah, it's different arcs, different writers, but it's continual, you know, because if I'm going to be reading, you know, Peter Parker's voice in one of these books, I want it to sound the same in all of the books. It's the same character. And then sometimes it doesn't congeal, you know, so that's why I definitely I like that because... What Tom King's doing with Batman, it feels like it's its own thing. Like, it doesn't really feel like it's part of the DC universe, which is fine because he's doing some amazing stuff. But they keep trying to inject the DC universe into it, and it's like, who gives a shit? You know, like, because, like, with City of Bane, when, you know, Luther comes in, it's like, okay, Bane, I'll offer you a gift. It's like, why? He's already got Gotham City. He's he already won. done it. He the won, hell yeah. gift are you going to give him? You know, stuff like that. But that, I mean, do we have different writers for Spawn? Like, has it always just been Tom McFarlane, or is, has other people come on and wrote? Other people have come on and wrote the book. Um, I don't remember the list. But the thing is, Todd's more of an artist, so... So like, coming up with storylines, you yeah. know, come in and, and get uh, Todd Mc or Neil Gaiman to come in, but yeah, he's he's definitely had a, a, a group of writers come in, and I'm curious because I don't even know if he's actually been on the book all 300 issues. I don't think he has. Probably not. So yeah. So I mean, is he is he writing 300? I think it'll probably be like a jam issue, so he'll have something there. Like I know they just recently released like oh the cover the Todd McFarlane Spawn 300 covers coming mm. so that's that but yeah it might just be like a jam issue and it's like kind of like how Detective Comics 1000 was and <laughs> we're Action pooping Comics out 1, all these yeah, yeah. All these anniversaries all right well we had an interesting time talking about Spawn if you have uh, something you'd like to add before we get to our roundtable we'd love to hear from you if you want to find me on Twitter I am at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media Chris can also be found on Twitter at Stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. Rafa can be found on Twitter at Mobile Rafi, your entertainment on the go. Also check out his YouTube page. Also Mobile Rafi, where I play with action figures and do all kinds of shenanigans. And I forgot to mention that you can find Chris in his other writings at... Oh, so yes, yeah, so I do some comic book reviews and other types of articles for Adventures in Porch Taste. So come on over, check it out. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep. 
Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio. That is exactly right, Dave, because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode. <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value. Listen to Blockbuster Mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms. And connect with us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast. So grab some popcorn, grab some snacks, we'll catch you guys at the movies.